Good morning, everyone. In a really valuable conversation with Preston Pish, Nick Carter highlighted the situation in Myanmar and pointed out what an interesting and telling example it is for the potential fork in the road that more countries are likely to face in the upcoming years as political monies become more and more encumbered and weaponized. For those that are not aware of the situation in Myanmar, the short version is that the country had enjoyed a brief period of democratic rule in recent years in amongst the turbulent history. The military had been heavily intertwined within the country's governance structure, and in February 2021, a military coup was initiated to take control of Myanmar from the NLD party and declared a state of emergency within the country. NLD leader and Nobel Peace Prize laureate Aung San Suu Kyi was detained under house arrest following the coup and in December 2021 was jailed for incitement against the military and for breaching COVID-19 restrictions. Where this gets particularly interesting is in relation to what has happened monetarily following the coup, the role of money and what impacts the technology of money have in situations of conflict. What qualities and monetary characteristics become more important and why? There are two opposing local forces, the military and the shadow opposition government. The military have adopted the Chinese yuan as their settlement currency, while the shadow government have adopted Tether, a US-backed crypto stablecoin. Not only is it compelling to see a real-world use case of a government adopting a non-traditional monetary system as their settlement layer, it's fascinating given the fact that 10 years ago it was not possible, or certainly nowhere near as frictionless. So the dynamics at play here are somewhat novel and may provide a glimpse into the future as to how future conflicts may be impacted as a result of this emergent technology. To quote Nick, quote, On the one hand, you have the coup government, which is a Chinese-backed coup, which happened earlier this year. They de-dollarized their settlement currency. They went from dollars to Chinese yuan. I think that's very indicative of the way the world is going, especially in the Chinese sphere of influence, is de-dollarization. And that's one trend to keep an eye on. The other thing that happened virtually at the same exact time was the opposition government, the shadow government that was deposed in the coup, adopted Tether officially as their currency, a stable coin, a dollar-backed stable coin. And these two things happened at the same time. So on the one hand, you have official de-dollarization and yuanification. And at the same time, from the opposition, you have crypto-dollarization happening because the opposition government wanted to raise capital from the Burmese diaspora worldwide. They needed an official settlement currency, but they couldn't be encumbered by, let's say, the Burmese banking system. They had to do something outside of that system. I think this was such a telling little anecdote. It's kind of two visions of the future. And it's what I would take to US policymakers that are taught, that are thinking about stable coins and think about the crypto market. They're very scared of stable coins, US policymakers. They kind of hate them. They fear them. And they think stable coins are a threat to the dollar. Some of them think stable coins are a form of counterfeiting, etc. But just look at this little example. You have on the one hand, this secular long-term threat to the dollar, which is a competing currency competing for global reserve status from a rising hegemon. And then at the same time, the dollar's reach is actually expanding through crypto rails, through stablecoins acting as extensions of the dollar. The stablecoins are backed by dollars, and then they're issuing claims against them, circulated on blockchains. And because they are circulating on these credibly neutral infrastructures with no censorship, hopefully, depending on the blockchain, that is this frictionless way to distribute dollars to the world's population, to places that need dollars. 
and they need dollars in a less encumbered way than sort of the good old US dollar in the legacy system, which is very encumbered, very politically encumbered. And I just thought that was such a telling little story. It's sort of like two forks, his world one and his world two, which one would you sort of rather, end quote. There are clearly some big themes here, particularly in respect to the unification of countries within the Chinese sphere of influence. This is something that is only likely to increase. Secondly is the optionality and potential tool stablecoins could be utilized as by the US in the face of declining power of the US dollar and as more countries de-dollarize. Finally is the need for money to be neutral in order to be truly effective and valuable as money. The best form of money has no utility, contrary to common belief. As soon as utility exists, like the ability to surveil transactions or censor transactions and apply sanctions, these powers are inevitably wielded as an exercising of power and incentivizes certain participants to look for an alternative, which ultimately reduces the value to the item as an effective money over time, as less and less people are willing to accept it. It's not obvious to me how the situation in Myanmar plays out, but I think it is somewhat of a microcosm of what is taking place around the world more broadly. The fact that alternate monetary levers now exist seems extremely positive as the legacy system has become increasingly increasingly weaponized as a means of wielding power and control. Clearly, we're in the early stages of a major global monetary disruption. One can only hope it incentivizes and enables humans to better cooperate rather than opting for violence. Time will tell. I hope you have a great end to your week and I'll chat to everyone on Monday.